with Jesse Simonton and Austin Price, Brent Hubs, VolQuest.com, uh, wrapping up the Georgia game, a little post-game podcast here. Instant react. Instant react, we'll call it. I like that. Jesse Simonton with the with the title there. All right, give me a give me a quick quick good, bad, ugly type thought. I know you're going to write this, but give me a, give me a quick thought. Encouraging question mark. I, I like that. I think I, I almost think that this is like teasing my upon further review. Now, there's a lot of stuff I'm going to be interested in watching and rewatch, but I think there are some encouraging things you can take away from this game. At the same time, you still lost by you know close to four touchdowns in an SEC game, albeit to the number three team in the country. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a team that when you look at it, you're going to George is probably not going to ask for any of your players in their starting lineup. They're probably comfortable with their 22 over your 22. Uh, individually all the way through. But let's, let's, let's look at some of the encouraging things, starting with the quarterback play of Brian Mount. People are going to anoint him the next this, that, or the other. You, you can't go down that road. But the takeaway from Brian Maurer has to be good. It, oh. I mean, it has to be such a positive for Tennessee. Again, yeah, at times it was just, you know, chuck it deep and, and see if they can make some plays. But I, I thought he ran several you – know, they ran several crossing routes in the first half that, you know, he hit on. The, as Jesse called it in the two-minute drill, he, he dropped a pill on, on, the, on the, that same route to Juwan for the touchdown and, and really was what was a perfect throw. Um, you know, I, I'm surprised he didn't run around a little more tonight. He really kind of stayed in the pocket, you know, and, and I'm surprised they didn't really have more design run calls uh, to maybe roll, to, to either roll him or, or a little bit more than they did or thanks for him just to try to, you know, to, to pick up, you know, yards on the ground. I, I'm impressed. Credit the coaches, I, and I know they scored only 14 points tonight, and you know, and 23 after, yards at one point. In the yeah, second half. after the after halftime, Georgia really, sh- you know, shut them down pretty good. But still, I, I thought that they they the game plan for what they did with him was really really solid. And uh, how can you not feel like they'll have a sh- shot with him at quarterback against Mississippi State, against South Carolina, against Kentucky? Vanderbilt, you know, I mean, like Tennessee's going to have some chances to win some games as long as he's out there, just because he gets it out of his hands. And I think that honestly, the, the the receivers, man, they're competing hard for him out there. Yeah, that's certainly they, they certainly seem to have his back. I, I would say, I mean, he was he was decisive and accurate, and those were two things that JG has not been through four games. Um, he did get the ball out of his hands quickly, but he also threw it to the right guy and made a quick read. Um, Georgia kind of dared him to do that in the first half. They kind of, you know, they played softer coverage, especially in that belly uh, zone kind of in the middle. You know, I wrote my 10 things. I thought it was going to be because Komet had had some success with the Irish and Notre Dame going against the middle, uh, that that was going to be maybe the DWA, but it wasn't DWA. It's been arguably just Tennessee's best overall player this season, Jawan Jennings, you know, finding success there. The double move to Callaway was a perfect throw. But then you saw why Brian Maurer was a freshman quarterback and why, you know, he wasn't starting three weeks ago. Now, you can make the argument perhaps he should have played more uh, beforehand or, or what have you, but, you know, he, 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 did, he wasn't as decisive once Georgia started really pinching down. Um, they made the adjustment. Stokes started playing, you know, some more press coverage. He obviously threw the interception. The sack fumble was just he didn't, he didn't see that hit coming. Uh, and, and Georgia got after. I mean, the pressure was there. I mean, he got. He, he's going to be in the ice bath tonight. He, no he, doubt. He didn't because, see it, but he sure as hell felt it. Oh, he I felt it. You felt it. I mean, we all felt you it. You could hear, and you could hear that pop. And that was, and that's kind of the concern. You know, I, I think that, you know, can Tennessee against some of these better teams? Uh, can, can they? Can they protect? And and tonight it was kind of a mixed bag. I thought the offensive line 
overall as a passing pass blocking unit did pretty well. They clearly hubs have have no faith or real intention to run the football. 16 yards on the first play of the game. I think we calculated it right before the pod. It was basically including the garbage time. 56 yards. 56 plus plus the uh, or 16 plus the 40 that gets you the 56. That that's just not going to cut it. Out of 70 total rushing yards in the night. You're not. They they couldn't shorten the game and they, and they got gassed. Well, but that's the Georgia team that's only given up 57 yards rushing. Okay, now again, garbage time yards, a little misleading. I get all that, but I think the one thing that that they're going to have to do moving forward, and we're going to talk about this in future podcasts and everything else, to, to help them, they have to try to run it more. They have to try to shorten the game uh, more than they did. Are they going to wear a defense out because they, they you know dominated time of possession? Last time Tennessee had two receivers with 100 yards receiving, Missouri 2012, Justin Hunter and Michael Rivera, Jim Chaney offense. Tonight it was clearly he felt like his quarterback was going to throw it when he, where he wanted him to and on time, and he did get the ball to playmakers, and he got the ball to the, guy, the two guys he likes the best and Jawan Jennings and Marquez Calloway vertically down the field. Now the question is can that continue you know, moving forward uh, but those two guys played at a high level. Jennings is playing at an unbelievable level right now in terms of what, what he's doing for Tennessee. Uh, that, those are the good things. And, and in the first half, their protection was good. He did not, Maurer did not get sacked in the first half. That's why he threw for over 200 yards uh, and a half. Last time that had happened was against Vanderbilt in 2016. JG's uh, done it five times and 22 starts for the whole game. Right. So they had some things going there. Georgia gets more aggressive in the second half. But really, the game turned on the end of the first half. Absolutely. And the management of the clock there, um, where, where Tennessee, you just couldn't give Fromm an opportunity at the end there to score. Tennessee, I thought, was too caught up in trying to trying to have the lead at the half, 21-20. If you got the lead at the half, 21-20, that's great. The game's not over. You're still in a you're still in a dogfight. You're trying to make it a 60-minute half. You can't let it become a two-possession game there, which is exactly what happened after the Samago field goal. You got to manage that clock. Yeah, I mean, I looked at Jesse. It was second down, and I said they've got to run it here. The likelihood is is Georgia will not call a timeout. You know, if 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 Tennessee can you know pop anything more than you know past the line of scrimmage, and at worst case you make them use a timeout, and instead. Incomplete pass, incomplete pass, miss magically a field goal, minute to go, and here comes boom, 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 touchdown. And you talking about the air out of the stadium? I mean, it was like pop. I mean, it was it. You know, it's one of those things. Uh, you're right. They they did a really good job in the game plan and putting Mauer and some of the playmakers, you know, in a chance to be successful, opportunities to have success. But there, late in the first half, I thought they did kind of they, they they killed their own momentum that they had kind of you know gathered through the first, you know, 29 minutes. The first 29 minutes, Tennessee's right there. And and leading the football game. Yeah, and and your your defense, too. I mean, they had done – Georgia was moving the ball up and down the field in the first half, but the defense was able to bow up, you know, with a couple stops in the red zone. They forced a couple field goals. Georgia kind of shot themselves in the foot with that one play. They had to kick the 50-yard field goal. But Tennessee's defense had some bend but not break to it. But then Georgia gets that score – Tennessee responds with, you know, he, he uh, Mauer finds Callaway, I think, for like 20 yards. And then Jawan had the big play that got the crowd going crazy where he, you know, drove uh, six UGA, got, made, basically made half the team tackle him. Uh, and then, yeah, just odd play calling. Mauer finds Chandler on a hot, which was, which was a smart play. 
but then you throw that shot to Callaway. You know, there, there was some bumping. You know, I, I know Tennessee fans were mad. I right, thought that AP was a about, good no call. Yeah, I mean, AP yeah, and I said I, I like to Jesse and, and all the you know everybody knows I'm pro Vols and, and and you know everybody knows what Jesse's situation is and and I told him I said I thought that was a good no call because Tennessee had kind of gotten away with a little chicken fighting too the whole night I thought they were letting them both play and honestly a, a good way I like to see it called because I mean you could call a penalty on any play any play so I mean like I, I kind of thought it was a good no call and I thought that some of the ones that went against Georgia. You know, when Tennessee kind of got away with a little chicken fight and was good no calls as well. Yeah, they let them play there. I, I mean, that, I just I didn't think that was a penalty there. There was certainly some contact, but it would to me it didn't change the outcome of catching the football there. Uh, but that that changed momentum. It, it, you talk about taking the air out of the balloon for 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 the Tennessee fans in the stadium. I, I thought it changed the Tennessee the players. You know, they didn't sprint off to the locker room at that point. They were disheartened with where that went at that point. But then you come out, Jesse. You get the stop you had to have to three start the out. second half. You get a three and out, but you just can't do anything with it offensively after that. It was well, you, what did you say? It was stay. eleven of fourteen passes in a row in the second half that Mauer started. I mean, that, and that's kind of that was deja vu versus Florida. You just kept calling these pat and Georgia's pass rush got heated up. He started to get hit. Um, JG did come in and, and, and threw a nice dart uh, to DWA. But then, and in the game, the game had a terrible flow in the third quarter too. I mean, it was a penalty every five seconds. Right. They were reviewing all these plays. The refs, you know, the main ref had to get taken out because he had cramps or whatever. And so they put in the the officiating was certainly not a strength tonight. So the choppiness, I one would think that it might actually play in the underdogs' favor. It ultimately did not. Tennessee's defense did get a couple nice stops. Georgia was running the ball down uh, their throat a little bit, and they get the second or third and two, fourth and one. Henry Toa Toa. Two big stops. Defensively, though, that, that, that's where I think, in my opinion, is going to be the continued kind of concern with this team. Well, they because if, they don't, if, if they're not going to play complementary football like we're talking about, where they're not going to shorten the game with the run, we think that Maurer has some promise. The receivers are clearly the, the, the biggest upside of this team. The defense, at times they will flash. But they all, I mean, they, they did not even touch from, I don't think. He missed two deep touchdowns. He played really well tonight, but missed two deep touchdowns to Pickens. Uh, but other than that, it was just wide open, pitch and catch, pitch and catch. And when Georgia wanted to ball, run the ball, it seemed like a lot of times they were just getting five, six, seven yards a clip, and it was just kind of death by a thousand paper cuts. You're right. They show flashes. But where this defense was three weeks ago, going into Florida, I think they showed improvement at Florida, and I know Florida don't run it that well, but still. Again, the FCS teams were running against Tennessee the last few years. Tonight, Georgia made some plays in the ground game, but Tennessee also did show enough flashes. I was afraid it was just going to be, you know, eight yards, eight yards, eight yards. And I know they ran for 238, okay? I, I get it. But, I mean, like, at times they did show enough flashes to make me think, okay, when they play Kentucky, who didn't run that well against South Carolina, when they play South Carolina, when they play Bandy, even though Keyshawn Vaughn's a pretty good running back, they may have a shot, more, than, more of a shot than I thought three weeks ago. Because, again, three weeks ago, they couldn't have stopped the three of us. Well, I, th- I, think, I think the thing that stands out to me, one, they've got to tackle better. Georgia fell forward three, four yards every time. They're not driving enough people back. And Jeremy Pruitt's going to talk about that on Monday in his press conference when he watches the tape because they were always falling forward. And they're not generating enough negative plays. No. And, and, and Georgia in the first half had 42 snaps and six third down plays. So they were playing third down one every seven snaps. 
which means you were giving up six, seven yards a clip in the first half. Now, in the second half, I thought they did some, some better things and, and adjusted to some things that they did better, that, that Georgia was doing. Bottom line, they've got to generate some negative plays. They've got to generate a pass rush. They can. Uh, you know, Daryl Taylor just, I mean, he, you know, he had one moment tonight where he kind of almost got there and from got it away. But, I mean, they're just, I mean, they, they can't get there. And look, I think they had one hurry on the night. Georgia's only given up one sack all year. Okay. <laughs> Georgia's best offensive line. Oregon's good. I think Georgia's the best offensive line in the country. Okay, they may, I may be wrong on that. I mean, Wisconsin may be better. Whatever. Georgia's as good as anybody in the country. I'll say that. So I didn't expect them to, to, you know, to have him have Fromm running around everywhere. But we've got five games under our belt now, seeing this team, and they can't generate a pass rush. They can't get there. They're going to have to figure out a way to somehow schematically get a pass rush. Besides, you know, running a boundary blitz, which doesn't seem to get there very often either. No, I mean, and you know, they 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 did a couple that created. You know, we we talked about it in the I think the Friday pod, right? That they we saw them in, in practice doing a lot of the twists and the stunts and, and some of the different sub packages stuff. Well, they tried that tonight and they just didn't get home. You know, they they they, they just simply didn't affect the quarterback. And for them to win some of these games. They're going to have to do that. They're going to have to, and they're going to be facing some green guys. You know, Smith at Kentucky and, and uh, the freshman at at, uh, at South Carolina. I mean, there's some guys coming up, even depending on whether it's Tommy Stevens or, or if it's the other freshman, Schrader, next weekend against Mississippi State. Those should be guys, ideally, that if you can pressure, perhaps they'll make mistakes. We know how much uh, Pruitt thinks of Fromm. The, 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 the guys other than Tua – the next few weeks on the schedule are not like that. Right, no question. I mean, obviously two is two, but they're going to have some opportunities there. Some injury concerns for Tennessee. We'll find out more about those moving forward. Certainly Riley Locklear's injury could be significant for Tennessee. And then Darnell got dinged up at the very end Right, hurt his hand at the the end. So we'll see what all that is in in the coming days. That's that's going to be really paramount for Tennessee. They've got to get that offensive line back healthy and intact on the field. Um, for, for next week, so that's important. Those were a couple of late injuries that were significant potentially. Hey, AP and I talked about this, and this is something I think we, we absolutely will probably expand upon you know, for the Tuesday pod. Do you think about moving Crouch to inside to linebacker? linebacker. I think because, so. I, I, I mean, like, I, I'll be very curious when the, when the PFF and the, and the snap count comes out, Batuli and 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 uh, Toa Toa probably play about every snap, and that you're you're not gonna you're only and through game five. There's no way you're gonna survive with just two inside linebackers in this league. They played every snap of defense. They did not. Neither one of those guys came off the yeah, field, and that's gonna be really hard. Hey, look, man, I, I know they were out there taking a knee at the end, but the fact that they even rolled those guys back out there with any kind of like, you know, dive on a pile and a scrum, and a, that's that, that's crazy. I mean, like they're so thin there. I, you know, once it got to what it was, I would have not rolled them out there. I would, I would have rolled actually Jawan there, the linebacker. You know, before I would have rolled either Henry or or Daniel Baduli. Well, and the other the other thing too with Crouch a little bit is, I, I think Crouch ultimately, if he's going to stay on defense, is an inside the box guy. I, I think in open space, and, and he'll get better as he starts to continue to learn the position, but. He has a harder time in open space coming off the edge as an outside linebacker. But we'll see. That'll be decisions that the coach – they've got to create some depth at the inside linebacker spot. Although Crouch played a ton at outside linebacker today. So we'll see what happens there. Bottom line is we go out the door. How, how much – the quarterback gives you hope, no doubt. 
overall, despite the score, how much is there to build off for this team? How encouraged should fans be about this team moving forward? Well, that's why I, I think that's why I said encourage, encouraging question mark. Because I do think that a year ago at this time, we saw Tennessee make some real strides coming off the bye week. I mean, let's face it, they had two weeks to prepare for Georgia. There's obviously the familiarity, which I think is overblown because all these teams know each other anyways. Uh, but Tennessee was able to respond coming off the bye week and what they showed against Georgia last year with a performance, I think, two, was two weeks later they beat Auburn. This year, can they translate it faster? Can it, can it be next week? They need right. to win next week. That, right. that, that's what yeah. we're talking about. You, they need to call, win and, next and week. And to your credit, you've been saying since the summer, most important game on the schedule is Mississippi State, as we said here tonight. And, and even at one, in, at one and four. It still is. I still think so. Because it's if a, you just can, a different avenue that it got here. I know. I know. I, and I thought they would be three and two, um, and they're one and four. Um, you know, you look at it. If they can beat, if they can win next week, as we, I'm gonna map out the schedule here. If they can win next week, of course, they lose to Alabama. Then that, then that next week becomes just as important. If you can find a way right here to win at South Carolina, you're at three and five with four to go. You have a chance, and you're at least got a fighting chance. Again, after the start, after you know, after being sitting here at one and four. If Tennessee could get back to the record they were at a year ago, I think that's you just the I, other thing. And, and is, I know that no, nobody is, wants to hear that. Everybody wants thing, to, you know, but I mean, it, I think it, that would be fairly impressive after the start they had. Again, I I think you have to take positives, and and, and Mauer gives this team the juice, the hope, the the kind of you know the fans, the inclination. Hey, let's be out there next next week at noon. Well, my thing is, I I, I don't even think with this football team you can project three weeks down the road. I just don't. In terms of depth, in terms of what we've seen, I, but I do think we can. At, they I don't need to disagree win with you, but it's fun yeah. to play depth. No, I, I get, fun. I get it. It's, it's fun it, to it play is, the crystal the pro, ball. The prognosticating I hate the crystal ball, fun. but I like it in this it, round. It, it is fun, but I think it's all. But it's just a, it's about next week. Tennessee's now lost three home games. Right. Already in, the, in a season that was setting up to be a very favorable home schedule. Now tonight was not a surprise, but you can't it just next week. I mean, again, I have been on a different train in terms of the biggest game of the schedule because I also saw, saw the season kind of out playing out a little bit differently. But I think AP's right. Th- this next game is huge. It could be the season. Yeah, and the question is, how healthy do they get, and how much does Brian Maurer grow from week one to week two? Offensively. Uh, and, and Jeremy can not commit to him next week all he wants to. Hits his starting, hits, that's his starting quarterback. I mean, the, the, the four plays down there at the end of the game, inside the five, and that last one specifically with Jack or JG backpedaling and then getting hit right as his arms going forward is a microcosm of, of, of the JG era. No. He can, again, he can sit there and play, well, I don't know, we're going, you know, he can help us. Yeah, he can help you. He was vastly different tonight in the number two role than he ever was when Quentin Dormady was here. Well, the reason you got to keep him around is Brian Maurer is not the thickest guy in the world, and if he keeps taking shots like he took tonight in the second half, uh, he's not going to be the quarterback. He's not going to be the quarterback for Tennessee because he's going to be watching the street close on the sideline. They certainly have to protect him better than they did in the second half. That's going to do it for this Instant Reaction podcast as Tennessee falls at home to Georgia tonight. Full coverage at fallquest.com.